0: Israel Gutierrez, Harry Lyles Jr., Tim Kalashaw, Clayton Yates, Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers for a fifth round pick. Chet Holmgren to the Hall of Fame after one night of Summer League. FanDuel moves his real-time Rookie of the Year tracker up to the favorite after one night. Let's go. There you go. He was 5-1, uh, and now he's uh, almost 3-1. to one. Unbelievable. What one night does in the summer league. Baker Mayfield has a new home for commercials. Bank of America Stadium. There was a time everyone knew the names of stadium. No one knows the name of stadiums. Carolina is where he's going, people. Panthers springing at the chance to acquire the former overall number one pick for a conditional fifth-round pick. Panthers QB room now, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral. They just drafted third round, P.J. Walker. Clint Yates around the horn to you. What do the Panthers have with Baker Mayfield? And could this be
1: a jump start to a return for grace for Mayfield? I don't know about a return to greatness, but he certainly gets his dignity back, Baker Mayfield, that is. Mm -hmm. You can talk about what they gave up in order to get him, but overall, this team is not very good. The receiver core, nothing I'm going to write home about. They were 30th in offensive rating last year. They were 30th in QBR, and I don't even necessarily know if Baker Mayfield walks onto that field and is necessarily the starter because of the injury situation. So overall, I don't think that the Panthers, even if they have an exciting player, are necessarily going to win a ton more games because they have a lot of things to put together. But for Mayfield, a guy who got run out, out of the rail unfairly from Cleveland. This is about as good as you can get for a landing spot. And Kyle Shaw?
2: You know, it, it's so hard to know even what to make of Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. So many head coaches, so many coordinators playing through injuries. Uh, they went from a passing team to a running team, uh, changing receivers. I think it is good, as Clinton said, to get a fresh start, get a, a jump start. I don't know if this is a great place for it. Maybe those receivers, especially DJ Moore, are a little better than we think because they haven't really had legit quarterbacks playing with them, uh, but this is a team with a head coach on the hot seat. They're, they're going to have to get some breaks and take advantage of the fact that Atlanta and New Orleans aren't very good in their division either, and, and maybe they can make some progress and win some games, and he can get himself going again.
3: Ari Lyles Jr.? I know that there's a lot of stuff that we could make, you know, what this means for the Panthers, what this means for the Browns, but to me, there is one thing that we cannot deny here, and it is that Baker Mayfield, somebody who is at the very top of the chip on his shoulder Hall of Fame, is going to have a moment possibly of all time Mm -hmm. to where he can get the ultimate revenge that he is going to want. Because if he is the week one starter in Carolina, he is going to give us moments and trash talk that is going to make us probably forget all about the flag planting at Ohio State, (laughs) especially considering the Browns are going to be paying a lot of his contract this year. That's the part that I'm looking for. So you don't think
0: the previous 12 months in some way – Maybe chastised him a little bit or put him in a place where he's not, he's still going to be that guy to you. And he's still going to be QB one, week one, you think, for the Panthers. Gutierrez, how about you?
4: Well, I mean, this this fall from grace that we talk about, did he really fall or is he just kind of still hanging out in the shallow end? Because I would say it's the Cleveland Browns that look a lot worse okay. than Baker Mayfield here. Obviously, the quarterback choices to make, the money that they decided to, to give to him, and creating an, an untenable situation for Baker Mayfield. Obviously, he couldn't stick there. And last season, clearly hurt, had the shoulder surgery this offseason, and was trying to tough it out for the betterment of his team. That was a mistake. So if we go back to somewhat healthy Baker Mayfield, the biggest argument against him is, yeah, he didn't get Odell Beckham uh, involved enough, but in his rookie year, he was spectacular. He set rookie records. And so I think this is just a restart, a refresher. And the guy, I know he was number one pick in the draft, but he's chip on the shoulder guy. He get, he needs something to motivate him. This is quite the motivation. So yeah, I think sure. it's, I'm not, re- I'm like with Tim, I don't know what to think of Baker Mayfield yet, but I'm not ready to bury him based on his Cleveland tenure. Yeah.
0: Being traded for a conditional fifth-round pick when you were number one overall just a few years ago is a shocker. Yates, I'll give you the last word after the horn.
1: Just wanted to say, Harry mentioned the fact that they're playing the Browns in week one. I wish this game was in Cleveland. It would be 100% better at that rate. <laughs> we'll move on. Wimbledon quarterfinals, American Taylor
0: Fritz. Oh, he had Rafa Nadal right where you would want him until he did not Nadal doing enough to survive the fourth set and then did more in the fifth and in the tiebreaker. And he advances to the semis to take on Nick Kyrgios, who had a straight set win today. A nice tiebreak at the end. His first semifinals at a major. Elena Rivikina, Simona Halep, also advancing
2: into the semis. Whose performance today stood out to you, Tim Kalishaw? I thought for about four hours it was going to be Taylor Fritz. Uh, I wanted it to be Taylor Fritz, the American male advancing to the semifinals, something we used to expect for many years, something we haven't seen much of the last 20 years. But in the end, it was Nadal, and, and it's always Nadal. He, he, he sees tennis as four-hour battles for survival, and he's playing as strong at the end of those four hours uh, as, as he is probably better than he was at the beginning. He needed a medical help back in the second set, which seems like forever ago. It, it's just he's this close. Now to getting a 23rd Grand Slam. I, I know he's got to play Kyrgios, but he'll win that match. And then we'll see if he, if he plays Djokovic. The, the numbers are just too staggering and too absurd. And he had a lot of ways to fall to Taylor Fritz today, and he got around mm-hmm.
3: all of them. Now, Jr., yeah, me, it's me and nadal for the same reason we it looked like taylor fritz had that match and Nadal does what he's done for the last two decades which was stay in the match make it a battle of attrition and ultimately win it and i think honestly the match between him and nick kyrgios coming up is going to be really interesting just because nick kyrgios is dangerous when he's actually playing well because of all the other things that he adds to a tennis match it is a very intimate game and he creates an environment where it is not just another match so even beyond Kyrgios and Nadal, seeing if he's going to play against say, Novak Djokovic in the final, we're going to be set up for one that's going to be great no matter the result of that match.
0: Israel Gutierrez, takeaway from today.
3: I'm just constantly stunned by these tennis players and the way they overcome, like,
4: injuries. That second uh, set uh, injury timeout where he was down and he was talking to his box on the way out. It just seemed like he was done. It seemed like he didn't really have any answers. And then he wins the second set and then is not only still getting to every ball like he normally does, but hitting shots where Taylor Fritz is like, I don't know how he does that. I mean, it's just deep and on the other side of the court and I cannot get to that even though I'm, you know, long and lanky and can get everywhere myself. So Nadal is is ridiculous and his normal self. But to me, I think Nick Kyrgios has been almost more impressive because ever since that sort of break or that, that uh, whatever you want to call it, dust up with, uh, with uh, Pas in, in the fourth round, it seemed like he just sort of uh, just hunkered down and is just playing good tennis. And when he plays good tennis, he's arguably the most talented player out there. So I got to go with Curios now, even though he didn't have the same level of opponent mm. in the quarterfinal.
1: Clinton Yates. It's got to be Nikitios for me. This guy comes in unseated. We all know who he is. He's not just battling his opponents and in injuries. He's giving it to the British press, which we love in this household because they're all, all over him about is what shoes he's wearing. This guy's been impressive. Reminder, he doesn't even lose five setters, so that's not necessarily a given. If he gets it into it with Nadal, I think this guy is playing at a very high level, and I really appreciate the fact that he does not care what anybody thinks about him when he's playing at the top of his game. I love it. College stuff. After the horn.
2: I did love the humility uh, Kyrios showed after his match, saying, Of course, I don't have a coach. I would never put that on anybody. Uh, But (laughs) to count on him against the Doll, that's just tough. It's going to be crazy Friday, but I can never count on Nick Kyrios.
0: One more story here 23.7 rebounds, four assists in a 24 minute Summer League debut for number two pick Chet Holmgren last night, Oklahoma City. Nobody in the illustrious history of the Summer League has ever had six blocks and four three-pointers in a game, and Holmgren did that as well. Here's a counterpoint because of all the high praise, and like I said, FanDuel it just ratcheted him up to Rookie of the Year in one night. An NBA assistant, unnamed, uh, told SI's Chris Mannix, not sold on him being a star, can't get by his defender, settled for threes, so thin in hips and legs, I don't think he'll ever fill out. We'll need to make difficult shots because he can't play inside long way to go. So point and counterpoint there, Harry's
3: Harry Lyles Jr. What did last night have you thinking about Chit Holmgren. I think he passed the test that he needed to pass. Look, the thing that we've always talked about with Chet over the last handful of years, because we have been talking about him for that long because he is that talented, is is his game going to hold up at the next level. It held up in college. It held up, albeit just one summer league game. But that is the question that we have about this kid. And the thing that is important here is, yes, like, you do expect this out of the number two pick. But he also made the Summer League players look like Summer League players. And to me, that's an important thing. Although, obviously, okay. Summer League is not an important or the complete test of this. It is one that he had to pass. And he did. Is Roo Gutierrez?
4: Oh, by the way, this is for Clinton. I've never popped my collar before. so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Welcome to the
4: Clinton. I don't need for one did, second. I know. <laughs> I do think... He showed an ability to get by defenders. I do think if you look at, obviously, his size, he can shoot, whether it be a fadeaway or make a difficult shot over another big player. This is why he is considered to be specialist, because he can make those difficult shots. And you have to be able to see, okay, he didn't play like this in college because he's going to play more like a traditional big. But in the NBA, yes, he can be on the perimeter. He can pull up off the dribble. And if you've got a slow-footed seven-footer who's defending him, he's not going to be able to keep up with him. So I think it's a great start for him to show off the skills that are unique to him him he's never going to be a big dude that bangs in the paint so why are we saying that that's a negative right now we need to talk about what he can do not what he obviously
0: where do you come down on this point counterpoint that he's closer to being rookie of the year or that he's Got some things that are never going to go his way in the ability to get to the basket, as that assistant coach had said.
1: I'm, I'm a little closer to the latter in terms of what his actual physical abilities are, but I was glad to see him being able to move around on an NBA court. But, as Izzy has learned today, one of the things that he showcased was some star power. He had a lot to say about what it was he was doing on the court, and I don't necessarily know that I expected that from this kid. He's got KD tweeting at him. If he's got any kind of a presence just as a dude in the league, never mind his ability to play, I think that's a very good thing for him down there at OKC. I'm looking forward to the Slim Towers. And Tim Kalisha.
2: (laughs) I just – I give a big thumbs down to the anonymous scouter, in this case assistant coach, who thinks he's saying strong opinions and won't put his name out. I don't think he's ever going to fill out. He's played one summer league game. You know who hadn't filled out in 13 years? Kevin Durant. We still talk about Uh him. You know who didn't fill out for 20 years? Reggie Miller. We talked a lot about him. I mean, you don't always have to look – like every other player, this guy can shoot threes. He's seven foot, and he blocked six shots last who You
0: loved night. him on draft night. You thought Oklahoma City got the best pick.
2: Bob Ryan and I were driving the bus. Bob was probably driving. I was.
0: Slim Tower God. over the Slimmer Reaper? Okay.
2: Okay.
1: Oh, driving. No, there's two of them down there. In, in the, in Harry,
0: O'Connor. you got to check the tape on playback when you watch the show at, uh, at some point later. I was this close to saying Harry Styles when I was going to you in that last topic. This <laughs> close. I just want to adore you, Harry. We'll be back by ourselves so
1: next. Nice look, Izzy. Around the Horn is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of Happy Hours. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S A V E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S A V E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17.
0: Max Scherzer's return to the Mets. Dominant. 11 strikeouts, no walk, six innings. That's how you come back. Reds got a run late, though, for a 1-0 loss for New York. They were in first. Every day he missed, and every day DeGrom's missed. It's amazing. Even while Atlanta was winning 14 straight.
1: Clinton, what are you buying from Scherzer's return? I'm buying the fact that he did all of this in under 80 pitches, which is important. We remember at the end of last season when he basically said, my arm fell off, so you know that the Mets are trying to figure that out. But overall, this is a problem because, again, the Mets lost this game. I still think the Braves are a better team top to bottom in that division. If you can't pull off a W in a situation like that from a gem from your ace, you got real problems in New York.
2: Jim show No, I'm buying that it's a big return and, and you would like to win the game, but the Mets, this isn't last year's. Mets offense last night it looked like it but they've been they've been okay this year certainly Pete Alonzo has been okay they got DeGrom pitching uh, a rehab start later this week he's going to make it back they're going to be loaded they're going to hold off the Braves and continue to do what they
0: do oh you think they hold off the Braves I mean we all talk about the division like it. everybody's making the playoffs these years anyway Harry Liles Jr. on this return for Scherzer
3: yeah, I'm buying that it looked exactly the way that you wanted it to look, partially because of the pitch count, like Clinton mentioned, uh, but also because of the control. He faced 21 batters, 17 of them saw first pitch strikes. But to lose an outing like that, you play the Atlanta Braves, this team up 75 uh, down here in Atlanta, you can't be doing that against them in the middle of July. So I think the Listen Braves. Listen to are going you
0: to guys with this loss in the middle of July being a, portending a failure for the entire season. Israel Gutierrez, how about you?
4: Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna worry, you might as well worry with a two and a half game lead in the you know the early portion of the summer while you're getting your aces back. So yeah, not only did he play pitch great, but he even said uh, in his rehab starts he, he couldn't really find his sl- slider. He found his slider in the bullpen and it was great as well. So you might have like peak Mac sugar coming right off the uh, injured list. So yeah, I'm not worried about the one nothing.
0: mark. 20 games over 500 or wherever it was without Scherzer the DeGrom and you guys are like, hey, they lost to Cincinnati on a Tuesday afternoon. The the games all count They all do. Who would you rather be rolling with in the playoffs? Forget winning the division or not. In a one-game wild card or in the playoffs. DeGrom and Scherzer or any other rotation in baseball? That's the question. And I think you would say, Clinton, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, you would want DeGrom
1: and Scherzer, right? I'm not taking the guy who says his arm falls off in October. How about that?
0: We'll move on. Buy or sell, Two New rule for baseball. Rob Manfred now has the power to add legends to the All-Star game. Tim, I'm assuming that means Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera this year. Are you excited that we could have the Legends edition uh, by commissioner?
2: No, I'm not excited about this at all. I thought the fans already voted in the last player in each league. A little special tribute that they make a big deal out of each year. Why do we want to see Albert Pujols hitting 190 stand up there and, and do whatever he does for one at bat? Cabrera's having... He's hitting a very soft 300, but he's hitting this year. Pujols says, no business being an All-Star Game.
3: Harry on Jr. Hmm. Yeah, I understand the spirit of this, but to me, the fans are the ones that the All-Star Game is for, and usually these things work themselves out. I think back to 2001, when Cal Ripken Jr. was voted in. Like, that happens organically. This doesn't feel like something that's organic, and so I don't think it's something that Major League Baseball needs to force. Is Drew Gutierrez?
4: I'm a little torn on this one because I also think that the baseball fans need a connection point, and maybe the young slugger, they might not have the connection point as they will with somebody like Pujols. You know, in the NBA, they've done it, whether it be with a Magic Johnson, a Kobe, a Dwayne Wade. And so I, I kind of like the connection point, but I also don't like the idea in baseball you've got to play all these guys. It's difficult enough in that all star game. So, um, yeah, I think for the fans, it'd be nice, but I don't think it's necessary.
1: And Glenn Yates. What's the connection point? He played in Anaheim forever. The game's at Dodger Stadium. He had a cup of coffee with the Dodgers. Not a soul in L.A. is worried about whether or not Albert Pujols shows up in the All-Star game. I'm sorry. I just also think that the substitution thing is a big deal. You already got a billion dudes on the scorecard. There's no way you're going to add two, three guys to each roster and still have a remotely cohesive game. I just think this is a bad idea overall. Wow, Clinton,
0: you always surprised me. I thought it, uh, <laughs> such a baseball purist, you were like, yes, let's send off the legends and stuff. Bring more young guys up from the game. Name, and then we can start growing this thing. Fire Cell 3 conference realignment. We did a story yesterday about the remaining Pac 12ers thinking maybe combining with the Big 12. There's a story maybe it's the, with the ACC. John Canzano reporting Phil Knight wants Oregon in the Big 10. How, you, how does Oregon to the
3: Big 10 sound to you? Does it seem like a certainty if Nike wants it? I don't know if it's a certainty, but it feels like an inevitability at this point because we've lost contain on what actually matters with college sports and it's all about money at this point. And when it comes to talking about fits with the Big 10, Oregon has one thing going for them, being an AAU school, that would fit the criteria to them to go to the Big Ten, the same way that people talk about a Stanford or a Washington going. So to me, this is all about the brands and Oregon is a big college football brand. And because of the football connection here, I think it is an inevitability to- So you don't say certainty, but you do say inevitability, it's interesting. Inevitability. (laughs) Israel, do you
0: avoid a distinction between there? Is this gonna happen? (laughs)
4: Uh, It feels like it, and it feels like Oregon is just sort of a staple right there, sorry about this, one of the elites of college football, and they deserve to be wherever these super conferences are going to end up being. Is it going to be the Big Ten? Are they going to find a way to get to the SEC? I don't know. It feels like the Big Ten would be the place to go, and of course if Phil Knight wants it, if Nike wants it.
1: From Yates. I don't think this is a certainty. Oregon is one of those schools that actually made it to the college football playoff from the Pac-12, so it's not exactly the same situation. And overall, I think this is a cutting off your nose to spite your face situation. If you want to make a Super League in college football, make a Super League. You don't have to destroy every conference and every other sport on the way to doing it. If you want to be smart, be smart. Don't just be scared of inevitability. This is chicken S and not chicken salad, in my opinion, from a lot of these schools.
0: Mm, taste. And Tim Kalashaw.
2: I think Oregon should stay right where they are. They got a better football team than USC most of the time. Anyway, we don't even need to mention UCLA's football program. The whole thing is insane. It's the willful destruction of college sports, all in pursuit of football dollars. Awful.
4: Chicken salad overrated.
0: Stop it. (laughs) I've never had chicken salad, never. It's the mayonnaise, I don't do mayonnaise. It's nothing. Clinton Yates, Harry Lyles Jr. Run row seats for Tim Keller Shah Gutierrez. Showdown next.
4: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Around the Horn is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida mas fina. Part of Happy Hour.
0: Intriguing showdown here for you guys. Jody Allen announcing she's not selling the Seahawks or the Blazers, okay? Two statements, one, one for each team. Same script, different style. And since I know you guys are fonts of font, experts in analysis here since Dan Gilbert's Comic Sans. Questionable font styles there, Tim
2: Callisha. No, give me the one on the left, Seattle. It looks like UPI copy.
4: I used to rip off the machine and read. Yeah. Hey,
2: Tom Brown, he's got a perfect game going. Uh,
4: Let's turn it okay. over there. Mm-hmm. It looks like it came off a printer in 1992. Yeah. If she yeah. was selling it, I would right. go for the Seahawks. They seem more affordable. The other one seems a little bit too out of my price range.
0: Maybe. It's a ransom letter is what it looked like, the Seahawks. That's a hostage situation. (laughs) We'll move on. A billboard outside Fenway Park promoting the Derek Jeter documentary. All right? This is right outside Fenway Park. Is Boston okay, Israel? I mean, is it really going to bring in Bostonians to watch this doc?
4: No. While I do believe that billboards are his underrated way to advertising, I do believe more Bostonians will cancel their ESPN Plus subscription than (laughs) tune in to watch
2: that. I'm not sure any of us need seven episodes on Derek Jeter's career, but in Boston, they're just going to figure out where does 2004 fit in and try to catch a little bit of that. That's it.
0: Israel Gutierrez, 30 seconds of FaceTime.
4: Well... On my sports bucket list, I think the only one I haven't checked off yet is going to a Wimbledon match. I'd love to go to Wimbledon. And I was following today on Twitter and learned that you can actually camp out the day before and get in a queue to go to Wimbledon the next day. Well, this particular Twitter follower was complaining about the snoring because the tent's on both sides. So I'm going to use this uh, opportunity to acknowledge that everybody should sleep with a white noise machine. I mean, anybody who's got issues with snoring partners or any sort of noise outside, just throw on a white noise machine. How can you still complain about snoring in this day and age? Wimbledon. we have the technology. White
1: noise. All whites to white noise. There you go. Let's go.